Don't forget to visit the table in the back. We'll have somebody there for you. Thanks, Thank you, man. Pastor. God bless, bless you. you. And good morning. And he said he didn't know what I was going to speak about. Well, as I got quiet before the service this morning, see, when I got here, I had driven about an hour coming up from the south part of your greater metropolis. And when I got here, I wasn't sure what the Lord wanted me to talk about. That happens often. I kind of resemble that remark. And uh, he'll pull a surprise even on me. So I went upstairs and I got quiet. And I said, Father, speak to someone, several someones today. To kind of give you a heads up, I don't have prepared outlines and texts and sermons and lectures. I speak regularly to universities and schools, but I like to talk to individuals rather than groups. So I'm going to do that today. I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit. And if I single you out, I don't apologize for that. As a matter of fact, I highly recommend that, you know. And if that happens to you, that's cool. And if it gets a little close and a little tight, that's okay too. Because we're going to pray in a moment for the Holy Spirit to enter our environment. He's here. But I want Him to enter you And the Holy Spirit showed up through this awesome time of praise and presence. See, He changes our atmosphere when Teresa and the band do what they do. And the big subject today that I'm going to enter, to try to find your place in this context, is the frequencies of the supernatural. The frequencies of the unseen. The frequencies of the invisible. See, we've got a problem with these bodies. They're the effect of the fall. I don't believe that man started as a caveman and grew up to our modern human. I think we started as a perfect image of God in a garden with Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Okay? And I think the fall, we lost our upper bandwidth. And as the speed of light slowed down, we lost spiritual consciousness to the degree that when Jesus showed up to be the Redeemer, the Savior, the Guide, the Son of a living God. This is not New Age nonsense today, okay? Maybe you are of the New Age and you adhere to a lot of their ideas. If you came thinking that that's what I was, you are dismissed. Well, I don't want you to leave because I think I have some solutions for you. I think I am answers looking for a problem. And if you've got confusion from the spirit of the new age, or that there is no one God, Yahweh, and that we are all gods, and there's no sin and there's no evil, I'm here to shock you today. You have an enemy. And he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. You have a problem. The problem is sin. It must be forgiven. And it can be by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I've already identified myself as a little old-fashioned, a little conservative, and a bit outdated. But I'm here to talk to you about quantum physics. That's how your cell phone works. It does work, you know. 
and how the computer works. That's quantum physics. And how the satellites can tell my car. Well, they tell me how to find the address. All of that's quantum physics. We know it's accurate. We know it's valid. We know it's true. The cell phone works. My pacemaker works. I have a pacemaker. Don't look like I need one. But my heart shut off 12 times. I know what it is to be in the presence of God in such a way that I received a new, say new, not a healed, a new heart by the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ, who is for all of our healing. His blood is our healing. By his stripes, we are healed. So when I talk about this thing of frequencies of the unseen, I recognize you have some problems. I have some problems. My bandwidth has lost, my consciousness has lost its upper bandwidth. Because of the speed of light slowing down to 186,000 miles a second, and it's still slowing down, some of you are going to have to take notes. The rest of you are going to have to learn a little faster, or I won't get finished. So you're going to have to pick up your tempo a bit. You might want to write down some of the things you are to Google today. You're not a Google. I like Google. Google is times ten. Did you know there's no master directory for David Vancouvering? There's no master directory on the Internet, period. One computer, yours, calls one computer that calls ten computers that each call ten computers that each call ten computers that each call ten computers. And within nanoseconds, it's a billionth of a second, we didn't know what a billionth was until our government started throwing that money away. Now we learned real quick that a billionth is a thousand millionth. A thousand million times a second. Your computer searches computers looking for the one server that has my name. Well, you find hundreds of them if you, know, if you, if you look serious enough. I don't resemble all of those remarks, but most of them are true. Fortunately, I don't have any negative blogs at this point. And I say in Jesus' name, I won't. When they show up, I know how to dismiss them. Same way you dismiss Satan. See, the negative is out to get you. He has authority. He has power that you've given to him because you've surrendered. But you have two words that can send him fleeing from you. Satan! Dismiss! And he has to leave in Jesus' name. He can't stay there. He can't steal your ideas. He can't steal your energy. He can't take your health. Oh, he could get it. He can cause your own ability to see and to say. Did you get that? Your ability to see and to say. That can stop God's perfect purpose for your life. And the spiritual frequencies of your destiny can be lost Because Satan will lie to you. And when he lies to you and you start believing his lie, you've got a major problem. But he has, the Holy Spirit has, Jesus has given us frequencies to get beyond the limits of a fallen body, a fallen spirit, and a fallen cosmos. Our cosmos is in big trouble. Oh, quantum physics works. We've got some problems with quantum physics because we've kept some of the obsolescence that has been taught and has been believed, and we keep carrying it forward into a new paradigm. 
one of those constants that's a fallen principle of error now is the constant speed of light. Oh, I know. I'm shooting at Einstein. I'm telling you that E equals MC square isn't just perfect. It isn't just right. The C of the constant speed of light has been slowing down. Some of you are going to have to Google Sutterfield and Norman. Write it down. Sutterfield. Norman. Barry Sutterfield. And Norman, a mathematician in Australia. They've got 2,500 tests that have been copied all over the world now that they can prove that the speed of light is still slowing down. We're losing our upper bandwidth. Jesus knew this. Jesus was here. He had given his life. He'd risen from the dead. He's got his disciples together. He's ready to leave. And he has to make a stirring comment to them. He says to them, you got a problem. I've been talking to you and you're not getting it. I've been saying things and you don't understand. If he was here today, he'd say, I'm trying to give you back upper bandwidth and you're not receiving. I'm sending, but you're not getting. I'm providing, but you're not opening. And I'm going to leave and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to lead you into 10% of the truth. Is that what he said? 50% of the truth. Oh. Now that all means just that. I'm assuming today that all of you are visionaries. You have the mind of God inside of you. Whether you're saved or not saved, He's working in you. All creativity can only come from the Holy Spirit. There is no other source. I don't care what your level of spiritual activity or spiritual awareness is, but every God idea, every creative idea, comes only from the Holy Spirit into your consciousness. And we got problems. You can see 400 to 700 nanometers. And that wild world out there is much more than 400 to 700 nanometers. The electromagnetic spectrum goes, I believe, from gravity waves, which we've never yet found, all the way to the glory of God. And when He spoke and caused the cosmos to be, before He put the sun in place... He said, let there be light, light, wisdom, information came first. And you had a degree of that in you by your being spoken by Jesus Christ. Let me not get ahead of the story too far. God himself spoke and the, the creation is. He's outside of our time and our calendar and we don't get that. You don't get it. You don't realize that Jesus is sustaining all things. Colossians teaches us this. He's sustaining you and causing you to be right now. You didn't happen way back there someplace. He's flashing you in because you're blinking in and out. Well, you didn't know that either. See, an electron has a very short life. An electron lasts Planck's constant It blinks in about 20,000 times a nanosecond. Now, I told you a nanosecond is a billionth of a second. That's a thousand millionth. One thousand millionth of a second. You're blinking in here 20,000 times a nanosecond. Touch your neighbor and say, you feel real, but I know you're not. You look solid, but you're not as solid as you ought to be. 
Well, that's true for many of us. But you're blinking in and out. Everything else is too. So if God spoke and 103 table of elements became, and His voice was singing a song that is the creation, get it? That's why the stars could sing to the creation and sing to the glory of God. You, your body is being sung into this room by Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how close your miracle is. You're within one twenty thousandth of a nanosecond of being healed. I'm living evidence. I have a new heart. My heart shut off 12 times. The 10th time it shut off, I was on an airplane. That's a unique place to shut off. I died. No heartbeat, no blood pressure. I was sitting next to my wife. Becky and I have been married 48 years. Almost 49. Yeah, she deserves an applause for that. She deserves a prize for that. Tenth time my heart shut off, I was seated on an airplane in Nashville on the tarmac, ready to go to New York for the doctors to try to fix my heart. They did work on me. They gave me four procedures. They put two stints in. That fixed the plumbing. They put a pacemaker. That fixed the electrical. But I had a software problem. My brain was still shutting my heart off. Now, Becky told the doctors I knew he had a software problem. My software wasn't working, and they can't fix that. That's a frequency problem. See, all disease is a frequency problem. Oh, you didn't get that. You can throw drugs at a frequency problem, and that makes just about as much sense as if your car runs out of gas, you change the tires. Oh, I hope you're getting this. Somebody needs this. Somebody's hooked on drugs. I'm talking about medication. Somebody's hooked on prescriptions. I'm talking about what the doctors don't know. They think it's a chemical problem, so they throw chemicals at it. But you're a frequency set. He's singing your song. And if he didn't sing your song, you'd dissolve. I got evidence for that. Enoch did. He dissolved. He didn't have a body. His spirit doesn't blink in and out. That's the eternal breath of God, Yahweh, your designer. See, I really don't have a big problem with the evolutionist. I just love to get them in the classroom. And I give them permission to ask me questions. For every question they ask me, I get to ask them one. i got a couple of questions they can't answer. I'll give it to them that if you took a, a, a shovel of junk and shovel it from a junkyard into a smit mixer, and if you want to believe that a Rolex watch can show up, you can believe that. That's what they say. Throw the junk in, and a Rolex watch shows up. Your eye happened by accident. That perfect baby with a voice and lungs and cells with, a, with software in the cells so that the cell can create it, recreate itself. That's software. If you want to believe that a computer can happen by shoveling junk in a smit mixer, that's up to you. And I'll give you, okay, let's agree that that happened. But who put the software in the computer? Who put the perfect timing in the Rolex? My computers don't just happen by accident. And if they did, who would put the software in it? We spent a million dollars building a computer for the interactive Vancouver interactive piano. It was over a million dollars to design this computer. 
Our computer was a very special interactive computer. Before we had the fast computers we got today, we patented that concept of the Vancouver Interactive Piano, 1996. That was 12 years ago. And from that came 636 patented concepts for that one instrument. That doesn't include all the other things that I've worked on that I've had fun with. I guess I've really lived two or three lives crammed into one. I've had a lot of fun. Becky says he's done everything he's ever wanted to do. Almost. I'm not quite finished yet. Because that night airplane, when my heart shut off that tenth time, I had a stroke. And I looked at Becky when I woke up after a few minutes, dripping wet. My arm had pulled, my face had pulled, my leg had pulled. And here she is sitting next to me with a grin on her face. That's it. She does it every time. That grin on her face and with a whisper dripping wet, I said to her, did I scare you? She said to me, no. She had her hand on my chest. She'd been praying in the spirit. And she said, no, you can't scare me. You're not going anywhere. Your assignment isn't finished. Thank God for a wife that knows your assignment. Women, do you have that piece of knowledge? Husbands, do you have that piece of knowledge? Or do you just have that piece? That's good too. Because the knowledge only comes from the Holy Spirit. All creative ideas, everything I did, everything I've ever done, everything you will ever do, Every thought that you'll ever have, Eric, only comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not just your intellect operating by itself. It's the Holy Spirit giving you your destiny, birthing in you your future, if you please. See, God's outside our time. It's fair to say that creation isn't something that only happened back then. I got some problems with the math of the physicists. I went to school many years ago. I was born in 40, so I was in school before some of you were born. Isn't that interesting? I guess I'm one of the old timers in the room. Maybe the oldest one in the room. Okay. How many here birthed before 40? Anybody? I am the oldest guy in the room. Oh, I've got a couple back here. You don't look it. You've been better preserved than I am. Okay. But God gave you a purpose. He birthed it in you. Your purpose is to see frequencies and no harmony and no resonances. You say, David, what in the world are you talking about? Well, let me talk about frequencies and resonance for a moment. I don't want to scare you, but this piece of steel is a part of a machine. Smile. You're on candid camera. I'm taking your picture. Not only am I getting your picture, I'm getting the sound of the room. Want to say hello? Hello. Hello, David. Hello, Vanderbilt University. Say it out loud. I intend to play this back. I don't have their permission to use their free electron laboratory yet. But I'm believing they will give it to me. A wonderful Christian spirit-filled brother runs that department. Somebody's e-phone's going off. Told you quantum physics works. And if she, if that person answers that phone, they might even get good news. Okay, or bad news. Quantum physics works both ways, you know. Matter has memory. 
Your diamond ring is listening. Touch it and say, testing, two, three, go ahead. Your watch is taking in information. Your glasses are getting it. Your belt buckle is getting it. Your dashboard knows everything you said about that guy back there that cut you off. Your house is loaded. Imagine what your doorknob knows that you don't want anybody to know. Just think what's gone into that attorney's doorknob or that courthouse handle. You're going to think about that next time you touch a doorknob. Because you can leave your tracks. Your influence, photons reflected off your body are going into matter. We call it the photoelectric effect, that wall. I tell it, it's listening. Because the photons are carrying my voice and carrying the modulation of my reflected image into the wall. And it's knocking electrons out. We know what goes in because it kicks something out. Now, there's certain metals that do that best. Zinc does it very well. Certain soft metals will do it. Hard metals will hold more information. A diamond ring holds it all. I think you're di- And isn't it interesting? We've been giving diamond rings as a token of our love for a lifetime. What you didn't know is that it's recording everything you say. And all the image... Don't look at me like that. Your cell phone does the same thing. Come on. And there's no film in your cell phone. We don't need film anymore. Because matter has memory. Oh, we've got a special chip in those phones. One of the first chips was germanium arsenide. It was a man-made kind of crystals. And those crystals had so much potential memory in them. As a matter of fact, a brick has as much memory potential as the human brain. I'm quoting Dr. Raymond Kurzweil, the man who not only built a very famous keyboard. First one was built for Stevie Wonder. I took a thousand of those, starting with Phil Driscoll, and placed them in churches and psalmists all over the world. I was a, a counsel to Raymond Kurzweil. Bob Moog was, too. We both gave up our careers to develop keyboard to assist him with his Because he was the artificial intelligent expert on the planet. He'd build a reading machine for the blind. You could lay a a book in Spanish, put the headset on and punch up English, and it would read you the Spanish book in English. Raymond Kurzweil's reading machine for the blind. Stevie Wonder asked him if he could get that much, if if he could do that many algorithms for memory of reading, what could he do for sound? Raymond said, I don't know, but we'll find out. We put a team together. Bob Moog was on that team. I was a small part of that team. And they developed the K250. Those musicians in the room remember the biggest synthesizer they ever bought, the hardest one they ever had to move around. It took two or three people, and you needed one or two big ones in that three. It was the largest synthesizer built at that time, heavy, full of chips, full of memory. And Raymond says that a brick, I'm talking about a brick in a wall or a brick in a building, like you build a building out of, has more potential electromagnetic energy and storage capacity. It rivals the capacity of brick, rivals the capacity of the human brain. And all the brick does is keeps its shape together. Imagine how much memory and how much intelligence how much programming 
is in the human anatomy. And my good friends that I have disagreement with say that just happened. My inventions never just happened. The software couldn't be almost right and the thing would work. The software had to be absolutely right. As a matter of fact, we were building the Vancouver piano based on Windows 95. And when Windows 2000 came, we found hundreds and many, many problems with software from Microsoft, from Bill Gates or his company. And my engineers worked with them to fix much of that. I got a phone call one time where a friend called me and said, have you seen, it was a Sunday morning, he said, have you seen today's insert in the Sunday press and the Sunday newspapers all over the world? And the parade insert, you might know what that is. Raymond Kurzweil's picture was on the front of that, standing in front of one of my Vancouvering pianos. Bill Gates, who did I say? It's not Kurzweil, it was Bill Gates, standing in front of a Vancouvering piano and made the statement in the article and put it on his website for a while. The Vancouvering Interactive Piano is the most sophisticated application of Windows they'd ever seen. And that was the piano that I had given to me in vision. That was a piano that came to me that I could draw the block diagrams for. I can't take the credit because we had many, many engineers that were much smarter than I am. But I was a visionary. Who are you? Take it from me. You are a visionary. If you know the Lord is your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. When you enter an atmosphere of worship as we've had this morning, thank you, Teresa. And all of you will do yourself a favor by ordering some of that music that she's got back there on her table. You must get one of those order forms. Do yourself the favor and order that music. Because when you listen to that music, you get altered. And it's more than times ten, the quantum physics magic number. Now, the Word of God says that I put a thousand to flight. If I got a problem and I need some reinforcement spiritually, I can put a thousand to flight. That's a big number, a thousand. And Satan lost his ability. All I have to do is use Jesus' name and the Word of God, and I can whoop him. I can defeat him. I can do it with two words. Satan! Dismissed! The next event in this building will be different. Because I did that. You will be different the next time you face the battle. Because I did that. Now you be careful what you do. Don't let him back in. Don't go there. Don't test it. Stay in that place of purity. Because the memory in that wall, I can say, is dismissed. In Jesus' name. You can do that to get rid of the curses in your house. Your intent, a doctor friend told me up in Connecticut recently, he knew that I had a laser that I could talk through. And my voice modulates the laser. It blinks on and off with my voice. Now, it's not just a toy laser. You play with your pet. You make a pointer and mark it something on a wall or point out something on a blackboard. Our lasers are different. They modulate the voice into the duty cycle that powers the laser. And the laser is carrying my voice as its energy. It is empowered by the electricity modulated by my vocal cords, by my intent, by my desire. Did you hear that? 
Careful what you intend. Your body is listening. Careful what you desire. You're designing the next nanosecond. Hear it. That next nanosecond, according to Heisenberg, the great physicist, is an indeterminate activity potential. It's not determined. God didn't determine it. God knows what it's going to be because He's outside of time. He gets way ahead of us. He knows what we're going to do. He doesn't make you do it. And you're not a robot. You have the power of choice, the power of intent, the power of your will. As Heisenberg said, it's a potential. You get to observe and speak it, and by observing it, you cause it to be. Some of you didn't get that. You thought it was all predetermined. You thought that you were a robot on tracks, and you're going to go around that curve and over that, that hill. You got options all along the way. Jesus knew that what you observed, you caused. Physicists know that. The light shining from these fluorescent lights. That's an old invention of Nicole Tesla from the 1800s. He found a way to light the hydrogen in the room. He had a machine. He could turn a crank and run a wire out the wall, out the window, and drive it down in the ground. And from the ground pulled up a frequency. He could turn a crank and he could cause energy fields to flow into two big standards with steel plates. And the plates didn't light up. They caused the hydrogen to modulate in the room. And the room lit up. And the light bulb. Edison was trying to figure out how to make carbonized bamboo. To make a light bulb with a filament that would last some number of hours, burn out, and guess what? You had to go buy another one. Nikola Tesla, who gave us alternating current, that's what we call AC, that none of us are using today up here. We use those little transformers and convert it back to DC. That doesn't mean that Edison was right. He was arguing DC is the best. It's just that quantum physics likes DC a little better than AC. AC is swapping signals too much. And we need a ground and a hot. So we do that with these little transformers, do it wrong, and somebody's eyeballs light up. How did I get way over there from talking about matter having memory? But he found a way to do hydrogen. The room would light up. He goes to his financier, George Westinghouse, who'd invented the air brake. Worldwide. Multi-billionaire. Late 1800s. Tesla says to George, I want to put this hydrogen, I want to package this machine to, that a city could light the streets. A church could light the building. A home could light all the rooms by just having this thing and it modulates hydrogen. He said, why would you want to modulate hydrogen? It's free. So why don't you take an inert gas like argon or something else, another one of the 103 elements, table of elements, that God had spoken, given to man. And man had used them and started doing things with them. And he said, put a charge across argon in a glass tube, and when the tube fails, we'll sell another one. The old commercial. And I am a capitalist, okay? You're looking at a capitalist. I'm proud of it, okay? Not to take advantage of somebody, not to abuse somebody, but I believe in making a profit. And I think you do too. God does. 
you sow your seeds, you get a benefit. Okay? You give and it's given unto you. You put your energy out and it comes back hundredfold. I like that. It's a capitalistic idea. What you sow, you reap. What you give, you get. And that's okay. That's a Bible principle from my perspective. But they packaged inert gases, and that's what we call fluorescent today. But the very fact that if you look at light and you observe light as waves, it becomes rings of waves, like dropping a pebble into water. It becomes waves. Put it through two slits. Put a detector behind the slits. Observe it as waves. And the computer screen will light up as rings, as waves. Take the same light, same detector, same computer. Don't change a thing. Only change the way you observe it. And you call it particles. And the TV screen shows you a shotgun blast. Only particles, no waves. You say, David, that can't be true. Go Google the double slit experiment. The duality of light. And you will find that in the history of modern science, back to the 1800s, back to the early 1800s, when we were trying to determine what the angstroms of light was and how fast the particles or the waves of light move, they've had this awesome duality of light caused by the person observing It's one of those paradoxes of science that we really get to participate in. You cause waves or particles. The point is, be careful what you see. You're going to get it. You've got to get that principle clear in your mind. Because our imaginations are running wild. Particularly right now in an economy that needs answers. The Holy Spirit's pouring into every one of you. And you needed to hear that today. You are a set of solutions. And that sick culture out there, those dying dollars out there, they're going to all die. They're going to go away. There's an Amero dollar coming and it'll be here quickly. I didn't think that it would be here this quickly. When I started saying this about a year ago and declaring that there's a conspiracy underway to kill the currencies of North America. I didn't know how quick and how close it was. There's a man that wrote a book. And it's called The Late Great USA. Write that down. Late Great USA. If you consider yourself a thinking, informed citizen or believer, you've got to get that book. That book declares that the government of Canada and Mexico and the United States have already got the documents signed. It's over from the practical standpoint. I-35 is an international highway. It's not an interstate. I didn't believe it. My son, Dr. Joe Vancouvering, and God's News Behind the News, some of you followed his television program. He's now on God TV. He's no longer on TBN. And Dr. Joe, my son, with God's news behind him, who's seen all over the world, interviewed Corsi, the writer of the book. I heard about it, and I called my son. I said, Joe, what in the world are you saying to the world that the U.S. dollar is destined to die, that America has been given an opportunity 
and they gave U.S. I-35 right down from Canada to Mexico to a foreign set of rulers and businessmen to have a corridor dividing our country. Joe, you're saying the sovereignty of our country has been compromised. He said, Dad, have you read the book? I said, no. Well, he said, this conversation's over. I won't discuss it anymore with you because you're uninformed. I'm a little more polite than that this morning. I'm not dismissing you and say this conversation's over. I'm challenging you to go get the facts. America's sovereignty and America's finances have been compromised. That book says they're going to come after the equity in my house. They have. Book says they're going to take successful companies and dismiss them. They have. I drive a little Chrysler. Chrysler's not even building cars today. Oh, we're being told we're going to give them enough money to put them back to work. You know, that principle has a very difficult task ahead of it. Because you give money to the people that don't know how to make money, and they'll throw it away. And I'm not, I'm not trying to segregate a part of our culture. I care about those that don't know how to make money. But you don't solve it by just giving them cash. Somebody still has to be productive. And companies that have proven not to be productive. Well, I didn't come to talk about economy. I came to talk about light. And motivation. And intent. And observation. Careful what you observe. Careful what you're quick to agree with. You hear it on TV and it looks so good. Sounds so terrific. And you see one man who's giving hope to the world. The problem of it is he can't give information correctly to everybody. That's a part of our cultural problem. You need more than just facts or somebody's opinion of facts. All I'm saying is that you have to have the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you have no inner guide. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, and He, the Holy Spirit, will show you things to come. That's your commission to be a visionary. Science has proven that what you observe, you cause to be. Whether you observe the photon as a wave or a particle, you get what you observe. Don't tell me that doesn't happen with a marriage, because I know it does. You get what you observe. Notice I didn't say you get what you deserve. That doesn't always happen. But what you see and what you say writes the nanosecond that isn't here. It's indeterminate until you determine. Now, there's a word for that and a set of concepts for that in quantum physics. It's called popping a quiff. Q-W-I-F-F. If you've never heard the word, write it down. Say it with me. Quiff. I'm going to ask you to say, I'm a quiff popper. Say it. I'm a quiff popper. What you see and what you say, you cause to be. It can be an invention. It can be something that's so fresh and so new that it is absolutely revolutionary. And the church will be. The provider of the revolutionary and cause the greatest revival that has ever been. That's fair to say, yeah, and that's right. 
I want to, I want to lead that cheer. Because you're an agent of the Holy Spirit. Whether you're a photographer or an artist or a creative person, you are full of solutions. And God has His Spirit coming upon you for your future. For your awesome farm. And an awesome place of refuge. I begin to see that today. I saw fields that just didn't seem to end. I saw groups of people finding that place that was rows of, you'd have thought a sports event had let out. The traffic coming. And every need met for that vision. Whatever you've seen, you will cause to be. The only challenge is, is that you have an enemy. So you start the process by dismissing him. He has to leave. He can't hang around. He can't stay in your stuff. The words that somebody spoke as a curse on you, you can break by the name of Jesus. By applying the blood, by faith, by simply stating it. I get a little frustrated with these believers that don't have enough horsepower. That their first words don't seem to matter. Mine do. Satan, you're dismissed. He can't mess with me. He can't mess with my car. He can't mess with my future. He can't cause confusion on my emails. I get about 300 a day. Some days 350. After a conference like I had last weekend, I haven't opened my email chat. I did look one day during the conference last week. I had 2,200 waiting for me. And there's no confusion in Jesus' name, he's building us a team. Becky and I had prayer with a friend of ours in our home on a Sunday morning. See, you can talk to God about the challenge, and he's got all the answers. All the answers. Holy Spirit said he's going to give you all and show you things to come. So rest easy. It's not as hard work as you thought it was. Just back off a little bit. You don't make it happen anyhow. You see what he says. He sees. You say what he says. Stay in the Word. You'll know what he said. You'll know what he sees. All your answers, all your provisions, those are your solutions. We prayed one morning, Lord, send us somebody to help Dave with these emails. I type, but I don't type fast enough. You learn, but you don't learn fast enough. Okay, I'm sorry. We could have been way, well, I'm going to go there again. But you get the point. Within hours, our doorbell rings. We said, Lord, send us somebody to help us. Our doorbell rings. I open the door on Sunday afternoon. Here's this lady standing at the door with a gift. She got a little basket, some baked goods and things. And she says, David, I recognize you from the DVDs. I've listened to all your stuff dozens of times. She said, I spend all my free waking moments listening to your DVDs. I wasn't quite sure I understood. I'm not quite sure I really believed. She said, I'm ready for a test. I thought to myself, you got one coming, girl. You think you know what I know? Cool. We'll find out. Invited her in the house. She said, I want to volunteer. She said, let me tell you how I got here. I was listening to your material. And one place in your material, on several of them, David, in different conferences, you invite us to come to your home and visit you. She said, I'm here. I said, well, how did you find me? She said, well, I talked to my mom, 
who lives in South Carolina. We live in Cleveland, Tennessee, eastern Tennessee, just north of Chattanooga. She said, I talked to my mom and said, Mom, I got to get my car fixed. I got to save some money because I got to get to Cleveland, Ohio. She misunderstood. And she said, I got to visit Dr. Vancouvering. He's invited me to come. Mother said, well, I've been listening to him, too. I think he lives in Cleveland, Tennessee. The girl lived in Cleveland, Tennessee. She goes to her telephone book and she looks up my name. Of course, we're listed. She Googles the address and she could look out of her front window and see the backside of my house on the hill. True story. Her name is Jennifer. And she said, I'm here. I found out where you live. I want to help you. And has she been a help? She'll go on full time first week in March. That's when we get home. God has your solutions. He's in charge of building your team. He's in charge of building your team. All the funding, all the inventing, all the technology, all the know-how, get over it. It's not yours. He's using you. He's having fun with you. A convergence is not an accident. A convergence. We know what that's like. I've got relationships all over this room that are convergences that I didn't, don't blame me. I didn't do it. I didn't even invite myself here. As a matter of fact, when I left home, I didn't know I was coming here. Brother Eric, God has poured out his abundance on you. He has a task so big for you that if you were only in the natural, it would scare you silly. But he wired you to do the big job. He prepared us to do the impossible. The invisible. What is the frequency of the impossible? What is the frequency of the invisible? You can only see 400, 700 nanometers. I'm sorry, that's just a little bit. 700 octaves above what you hear. You hear 20 to 20,000, most of us. Some of us can't quite get to 20,000 anymore because of good old-fashioned rock and roll. My friend Keith Emerson, who lives in this town, and his associates asked us, to turn the power up. Well, we were up to 100 dB as it was. He wanted 120 dB. He wanted at about 20 feet. He wanted to measure in front of his speakers. Your ears bleed at just over 100 dB. So some of us took him serious. And rock and roll has affected the way some of us can listen. Some of us can. You notice the heads that are shaking. Okay. Let me talk about these musicians for just a moment. Seeing the impossible, doing the invisible. But that keyboard, that bassist, that drummer, that awesome percussionist, they're not just musicians. Don't you ever refer to them as entertainers or yourself as an entertainer. Get, that, get rid of that word. Because you don't just entertain, connecting me to a good feeling or a good feeling to me. Notice it goes both ways. Today we went where she was. Thank God where you were. Thank God who you are. It's not what she does that's even thought to be important. Because she expresses who she is by being where she is. And we get to go there. Oh, I hope you followed that. I hope that clicked inside of your consciousness. 
We got to go where they are. Thank you for being full of peace, full of authority, full of sensitivity, full of the capacity to hear each other and know where she was going and follow her correctly. I admire it. The world calls it jazz, improvisional jazz. A lot's been written about it. A lot's been said about it. All the same terms can be said about the psalmist. Without the drugs and the alcohol and the illicit lifestyles. But the jazz world and the psalmist have found the same giftings. They've found the same connections. And those connections take us where they are. If they stood here in violence or in malice or in immorality or in guilt or in shame... You don't want to know where the audience will go because it'll track them. You'll end up going where they are as they minister. And that's exactly what happens to the fallen psalmist who we still call entertainers. They were called by God to be the high calling of God. The worship leaders. Who do you think Lucifer was? Where did he come from? How was his body configured with pipes? And with reeds and with percussion and with strings. How could his body vibrate frequencies of the internet, of the invisible, frequencies of the supernatural? I'm talking about worship. If you follow them, they're still leading worship. Only now we're worshiping them. Go to Nashville. Hang out right here in this little community. Check out the clubs. Watch the audience. They're worshiping the song. The lyrics, the persona, the image. How much will they pay for a guitar that Eric Clapton played? It's times a thousand. That's a spiritual principle. One puts a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand to flight. Watch the numbers. The artifacts of the superstardom. I know. I was building those artifacts. Bob Moog and I produced the first synthesizers. I am the man that brought the first synthesizer for sale to Santa Monica, to West L.A. Music, to all the major retail stores of our nation. I was the guy that put the first. Just Google it. Go check it out. And it was fun. I did enjoy it. God's hand was on my life, even though I didn't recognize it and didn't honor it. I became a weapons dealer for the wrong army worldwide. I took the Moog, the Mini Moog, and the other early synthesizers to 28 countries. I traveled all over the world when my kids were small. We lived in Buffalo, New York, where the Moog factory was just a few miles out of Buffalo in Williamsville. We had 28 teams come from all over the world to Buffalo. They were my guests. We put them up in a hotel. They were in my home. They played with my collection of antiques and electronic music. And we'd take them to Niagara Falls and take them up to the tower up there in Toronto and into the dinner thing and all the rest of it. And then I'd go work in their countries. And they came here and traveled in America with us, training weapons dealers to use the most powerful keyboard that had ever been built up to that time. And that was the Mini Moog synthesizer. It was an instrument that could compete with the guitar. We finally even hung one on Stevie Wonder's neck. 
Edgar Winter had a keyboard that we built for him. And as those guys would get out and perform, they would lead worship of the fallen God, of Lucifer himself. And we still go where musicians are. Be careful. I've advised you to take that portal that she has created and open it in your home. If you don't do anything else today, don't miss that order blank. Don't miss the order blank. And that's not a sales pitch. I'm not trying to sell hers or mine or anybody else's product. I'm telling you something spiritual happens in the invisible world, in the supernatural world, when you get her frequencies into your spirit. Now let me talk about frequencies. There's 103 in the table of elements that are sounds. The periodic table of elements are not just chemical compounds. The 103 table of elements are sounds, frequencies, pitches. You can create songs from those pitches. The problem is they don't correspond to the frequencies of our black and white keyboard. See, that whole black and white keyboard that we've made hundreds of millions of dollars of sales for synthesis in the Vancouver Interactive Piano is all a very, very limited set of numbers. Pythagoras, 600 years before Jesus Christ, was a mathematician and he gave us the theorems for many things. He made his biggest mistakes when he gave us the theorems of music. He was a Greek. knew nothing about Yahweh, nothing about the Old Testament, nothing about the Psalms, nothing about worship. Pythagoras, mathematician. He said if you double a vibration, that frequency, double it, you hear an octave. He was right. That's where we got the word. Divided by 12 and you get the perfect scale. Wrong. We can't even tune a piano. Doubling it to get the octave and dividing by 12 to get the scale. Because every time you go above that middle C, an octave, the sound sounds out of tune. We have to stretch tune, pitch up higher frequencies. Lower frequencies have to be made more flat as you go down to make it even pleasing to the ear. Pythagoras was wrong. Sorry about that, keyboard guys. Sorry, I didn't do it. I fixed it, though. <laughs> a young man that many of you will recognize his name, Roy Wooten. How many know who Roy Wooten and Bela Fleck and the Flectones are? Flectones. Bela Fleck and the Flectones. Roy Wooten is brother Victor. Victor is the greatest bassist on the planet. Roy has to be among the top two or three percussionists on the planet. Yeah. Victor Wooten plays the bass. Yeah, Victor. World's finest. I've never seen anybody play the bass like him. He'll be playing the bass and he'll take the plucking hand and treat it like a harp and he'll cross the fingers. And then he'll break into amazing grace. And a holy hush of God's presence settles in the bar or the nightclub. I've been there. You say, you go to nightclubs. Yep. Where the psalmists are, I'm going to show up. You say, there's still fallen psalmists. Well, I'm working on them, okay? I got a right to take my light to dark places. You just be careful with yours, all right? I'll take my light to dark places. When I see Victor and Roy, Roy came to me and said, I want to play the table of elements. 
So what are you talking about? This is about 14, 15 years ago. He said, I want to play the frequencies that God spoke when He caused matter to be. I said, wow! What a God idea! Wasn't mine, it was His. Wasn't His, it was God's. Holy Spirit, the only source there is. So he said, how do I do that? I said, I don't know. He said, well, will you help me? I said, yeah. So we put an elite team together, Dr. Bob Moog, Dr. Wayne Kirby, Dr. Dan Winter, myself, and several of the employees that I had at that time. And we built two small keyboard instruments that didn't have a piano keyboard. They had a little stair step kind of a deal with seven half steps for each note. And you played the frequencies of the table of elements. The sounds God spoke when He said, let there be. And the cosmos became. Now we know that 31 of those frequencies are essential for this body. 20 of those are the active. Excuse me. 11 are the active. See a head nodding over here. Raise your hand. Way out. Come on. Put your hands toward Him. We're going to pray for Him. He's going to be the first man in California who's going to touch the table of elements synthesizer for healing. And you're sitting right there. Say with me, church, in Jesus' name. I speak forth, Father. A blessing. A download. A spiritual revelation. That he'll get it right. And he'll do it right. And He will create the sound of deliverance to cause healing in the human body. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So we have 31 frequencies. 20 trace frequencies. 11, the authoritative frequencies of your body. How many in here have had a disease or have a sickness and you have been prayed for? You prayed for yourself and the disease did not go away. You didn't get the new heart that I got. And you wonder why God is somehow showing partiality. He's not showing partiality. You just haven't had the right frequencies played into your body. My precious sister will take these flutes, not custom flutes. She can do it with every flute that's up here. And she will make the sounds of those 11 frequencies, pitches, songs, sounds, and create songs of healing. And her CDs with those sounds will change your life. You better get on her mailing list for sure, because she's going to do that. About the same time he gets his instrument, probably within 90 days, you could have the same thing within 90 days. God's not broke. Get that out of your head, okay? I can't afford it. No, you can't afford it. He'll give you what you see and what you say. Because it's dependent upon your observation and your statement. Get it right. Get it right the first time. He's not broke. And you're not either. Oh, some of you, I, I sense, did, did anybody else sense doubt coming out of this crowd? I think you can be delivered from all the doubt. God doesn't give you a vision without provision. It's not possible. He doesn't give you half of anything. He gives you all. You told me that. 
Holy Spirit leads you into how much truth? Now, does that include financial truth? Does that include the tools you need for healing? That might just be a CD to you. It might be a computer to you. It might be a computer and a special keyboard to you. But whatever the need, the supernatural is yours. The invisible is yours. You say it's too complex. Well, I have a couple of musical instruments with me today. And if you'll let me have some fun, I enjoy music. I was 12 years old. My dad had been an entertainer, and he taught me to play 27 musical instruments. They called me a kid prodigy. I'm not sure. Some of those that really knew me called me a kid brat. Precocious kid. But he taught me to play a set of bells that are complex. And I like that word complex. I like the word impossible. Because I found that through Jesus Christ living in me, nothing is impossible. I didn't know what it was going to cost when I started the Vancouvering Company. I just knew there was a new technology involved. And I was attracted to the more difficult. My wife will guarantee, she can verify, that if there were two solutions and one was more complex than the other, David would tackle the more complex first. And once I made it work, then I could build the simpler. Because now I really knew how big the job was. And that's a basic in my wiring. Don't look at me like that. I'm not that weird. It's just I'm wired that way. Okay? I like to tackle the difficult. And that's okay. If you can't do it, don't go for it. But if you can, take the more difficult. Because the Holy Spirit's there to help you. You can't mess up what He'll fix. You can't break what He's already made. Now, you can mess with it if you don't have the right intent. But assuming your heart is pure and your intent is for the building of the kingdom, you can take the tough road and you'll find your solutions. We found $40 million found us. The burn rate was about $20,000 a day. So every morning when I woke up for five years, the first thing I had to make sure, before I could have fun selling, even more fun building, even more fun designing, more fun picking the best people, I had to know there was $20,000 a day available. Some days it was hundreds of thousands of dollars available that day. And God never broke his promise once. We never ran out of money. The company did shut down when the towers fell. One of my major investors, a godly brother in the Lord, could no longer put funds into the company. And when he backed away, we had to shut the company down. My heart had been shutting off. I was in need of not just a healing, but a new heart. And when they prayed for me after they fixed me, but it wasn't a fix, I still had problems. The Lord gave me a new heart. So you're looking at a man that can verify miracles. I know something about the frequency of the supernatural that comes only from being alone with him in that moment of worship. That should be your most cherished time. It should be your most cherished part of the day. It should be the time when He enlightens you and lights you up. Where you have His consciousness flowing through you. 
that all of your gifts and all of the convergences of people and godly ideas happen, even if they're complex. Let me show you what I mean about complexity. I have, I have eight bells, and they're real easy to play. If I shake in eight directions, I can make each of eight bells ring. I shake down, one bell rings. If I come up, a different bell rings. In a bell, out a bell, down a bell, whoops, down a bell, up a bell, in a bell, and out. That's easy. Watch as I play Jesus Loves Me. The Bible tells me so. If you know that, you know everything. No, I'll just stand back here a little bit. Go ahead, fellas. Got to start right. That's that way in the Christian life as well. I heard. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm 68 years old and I can still do that. <laughs> ah, goodness. I told you that there are things in life that are real that you cannot see. The electromagnetic spectrum is real all around us. Radio waves are going through this room. Cell phones are radiating, sending signals out to a tower. Can't see it. But some of those frequencies are causing danger to your body. Because there are frequencies that are real that you cannot see. I'm not touching. <laughs> it's called a theremin. It's a man's name. 
He invented this. Bob Moog built me this one. He wrote it to me. For David, with highest regards, Bob Moog. Right there. Right there. <laughs> the capacitance of my body connects us. Can you imagine how much fun I have at my house on Halloween night? <laughs> and to top it all off, Becky talked me into buying a Cadillac hearse several years ago. Well, she really didn't talk me into it. But I really wanted it. And I had great fun with it. It was a great automobile. They weren't building Escalades in those days. And the best Cadillac truck you could buy was a Cadillac hearse. I left all the black on it. I left all the curtains in it. It's a great ride. You'll have to take that ride someday. One of the best things about a Cadillac hearse, using it as a truck to haul my equipment around, is that it only had, it only had, well, there's a big, there's a lot of space in the back, back of that hearse. I mean, they put big boxes back there in the back of a Cadillac hearse. Okay, you want me to speak so they can record it. And then I'll move it when I play it. Okay. But at any rate, the Cadillac hearse was a great vehicle because I realized after I had it a little while that half of its miles was it coming back, and they're always empty coming back. So half of its miles never had a load in it. So when they sold it to me and said it's only got 30,000 miles, I knew it only had 15,000 miles with a load. That's the best truck you can buy. Had a lot of fun with that hearse, and Halloween night was no exception. I'd put the speaker in the back door. I like to tell the part of the story that I could shut any restaurant down that I chose. Well, would you go in a restaurant with a Cadillac hearse sitting outside with the back door open? Think about it. We can have fun about the hearse. We can even have fun about the fact that there's forces that are invisible that you cannot see. When my brother and sister come near each other, they hook up. Quantum physicists call it entanglement. Two electrons can touch. And you can change the voltage of one and they both move together. The angularity of spin can be both, they'll both alter at the same time. They separated them in Pasadena. And they sent one out on a Viking space probe, way out beyond our solar system. And when it radioed its last signal back, they had changed the angularity of spin at the one in the laboratory. And they believed that at that same nanosecond, the one out in outer space, not accounting for the time at the speed of light for a signal to get there, which helped verify that there's something above the speed of light. Get the point. Get the point. It's not 186,000 miles a second. There is something above that speed of light. Entanglement. Two brothers hooked up. Two brothers hooked up. Brother and sister hooked up. How many of you have shaken my hand? And, and often I prayed with some of you and prayed for all of you collectively. We're hooked up. We cannot be separated. When I pray for you and you pray for me, we're hooked up. 
they changed the frequency of the energy of one of them. And when the radio signal got back, they found that that one changed at the same nanosecond that this one changed to the same frequency. They were hooked up. I'm hooked up. As I move the capacitance of my body, I become a part of the circuit. Are you hooked up to God's circuit? Do you hear His voice? Does He give you daily assignments? Does He tell you where to go and where to converge and has somebody waiting for you to meet you? Becky and I know what that is to be on a mountaintop in Australia. Well, it's actually New Zealand. We were driving around the towers because I asked the pastor, take me to the high place over the island. And we're up on this high spot. And there was some nonsense going on in a van ahead of us with some young people. And we knew that it was evil. So we went to leave and I told pastor, I said, circle around the second time. We're not through praying for that group. He circled around the second time and a knock came to the window. I rolled the window down and a man said, are you a minister? I said, why do you ask? He said, when you pulled away, I believe God had told me to talk to you. But when you pulled away, I said, Lord, if you make them circle back, I'll talk to them. I'm telling you, we were hooked up. He'd gone up on that mountain to anticipate suicide. He'd lost his job. His wife and daughters had walked out on him that morning from their home because he was in a raving, maniac attitude of evil. Satan was out to kill, steal, and destroy. And the first thing we said to him is, Satan, you're dismissed from his money, from his home. We followed him home. He took us to his house. I said, get your checkbook out here. We're going to bless it. We blessed his checkbook. He said, you're going to get a job. We held hands with him and prayed for him. Before we left the island that next weekend, he drove to the pastor's house and gave us a little card that he had made. He had found his job, his wife, and he showed up in my services on Easter Sunday morning. We were hooked up. Isn't it awesome to find a convergence of God's where you show up, like here this morning, and we're hooked up, never to be disconnected. Oh, I hope you get that revelation. Holy Spirit, give them the spirit of understanding. They know they're hooked up. They'll find the convergence of the brothers and sisters where they put power by ten in force. See, I put a thousand, she puts... 10,000. Becky makes it 100,000. Now we got a million. We got 10 million, 100 million. We got a billion. And we haven't left the front row. We're hooked up. Say it. We're hooked up. up. And the Holy Spirit will keep us connected for your next assignment, the next song, the next place to let your light shine, even in dark places. Go there. Let's stay hooked up. Well, watch as I play America. Pray that America stays hooked up spiritually to our God-given assignment, our God-given purpose. And may the church rise strong. You see, the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. Women, when you got married, you remember the day you got his name. And you took his name to his bank and you got his assets. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> 
You are the bride of Christ. You have his assets in the name of Jesus Christ, the quantum physicist of all time, who gave the invisible principles reality, who took the invisible and the supernatural and made it real so that you can see and say and cause and pop a quiz. I got friends back in Cleveland in my hometown that call me Papa Quiz. Well, some of you got that. Papa Quiz. But you are a quiz popper. You are hooked up. And you will do God's assignment on your life, even if it is invisible. Watch as I do it. In the last few closing minutes, I'd like to connect together an abstract set of ideas that have to do with below the speed of light and above the speed of light. There is a connector. Your connector and my connector is basically the Holy Spirit. But there's a connector in physics and there's a connection in the phenomena of quantum mechanics. Dr. Einstein had many blackboards, about 150, I am told, that were photographed. And after his death, and I think it was 1955, the students, the postgraduate students, studied the blackboards, and some astounding things were found hypothetically in his math. One of them was they had a formula that Gerald Feinberg, Columbia University, New York City, followed through on. They told him to find the artifact of error back here on the blackboard that caused this, excuse me, erroneous result over here on the blackboard. The erroneous result was that there was a subatomic particle. Now we have stuff made out of the fabric of 103 table of elements, our chemistry world. And below the stuff, is atoms. Within the atoms are subatomic particles. Below the subatomic particles are the superstrings. I think the vortices of energy that they found in the superstrings is the remnant active by Jesus Christ sustaining all things 
causing matter to be. Let me say that again. Superstrings are not the result of something that happened way back there. My granddaughter's school tells her four and a half billion years. My school, when I was in school many years before my 14-year-old granddaughter, they said it was 14 and a half billion years. They were measuring light that came from the farthest star, they thought. And the speed of light traveling from that place to this now at 186,000 miles a second takes four and a half billion years, they claim. But if the speed of light has, can, can be proven to slow down and the light was traveling some speed faster, you might not have four and a half billion years. Now hang on to your quantum seatbelts. I believe that the moment of creation is now, from God's perspective. He is an eternal now. He doesn't see time as we measure time. He doesn't see space as we measure space. He doesn't see matter as we measure matter. My wife Becky has a dream that came to her about time, space, and matter. She didn't think I was going to do this, but you're going to join me, sweetheart, right here. This is my wife, Becky. And I'm going to ask you to just describe the dream. All right. Um, if this dream would have been given to my husband, it would have been understandable because that's the way his mind works. But the Lord gave me a dream, and, and in the dream... I saw three packages. They were like cellophane wrapped. They were clear. You could see through them. And inside of each package were like different colored pieces of paper, different sizes and different shapes. You could see through the cellophane into these things of inside the package. The three packages were basically in a row. They were all together. And... In the dream, I was able to open the first package. Now, the first package, if you think of something that's wrapped from inside, I can say it's something like a CD package. When you get a CD package and it has a cellophane wrapping on it, and you know how hard it is to get that cellophane off that CD. Well, that's the way it was to unwrap this package. And I was able to unwrap the first package but I didn't unwrap the other two. And so that was the end of the dream. And I, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Lord, if you could just help me to understand what the dream was about. And I felt that he told me that the three packages were time, space, and matter. I had opened the first package, which would have been time. And I felt that it wasn't time as in days, hours, weeks. This was times as in set times, fullness of times, end of times. And that was the package that I had unwrapped was time. The next one to be unwrapped was space. And I felt and I believe that when space is unwrapped, that that will give us revelation, downloads, information direct by the Holy Spirit to things that have been around us all of these years that we have not put a grip on. 
space, maybe not as in outer space or astronauts, but space as in nanospace, um, space that, that is invisible that we will learn about. So I believe that's the second one. The next one to be opened is space. The third one to be opened, I felt, was matter. When matter is opened, then we're going to know and we're going to receive, as Dave would say, data dumps, direct data dumps, visions, revelation of matter. And when that happens, then we're going to see the kind of translations that we hear about in the Bible, we read about, and I believe that that's coming as matter is opened. And I have talked to Ray Hughes and Denise Hughes and different ones about this dream and I felt bad that I couldn't remember the colors because each one was a different color. And Denise told me, she said, well, don't worry about that because she said godly colors and hues, as in Dave, when Dave went to heaven, when he saw colors, they were colors that he was not familiar with because the heavenly colors are so much more intense and there's so many more of them than we see here in the natural realm. So she said, don't be concerned that you didn't, know the colors, she said, because if they were heavenly colors, you wouldn't have recognized them and put a label on them. And she said, so many times now, if we have an interpretation of dream and we say that red is a certain interpretation and blue is a different thing. And so she said, don't feel bad because these would be so new and so heavenly that we wouldn't be able to put an earthly color to them. And so that was my dream. And I felt, you know, had the Lord given it to my husband, it would have automatically been something that people would say, well, that, that's the way his mind works, you know, but the Lord gave it to me, and I felt that was very special. And when I tell the dream, it seems like it gives people an anticipation. It's, it's an excitement to know that these things are right ahead of us. They were all together. They weren't like one package here and the next package off in the other room or somewhere. They were right three in a row so I have the feeling that they're very close to being opened as time has been opened. So. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. This is what Becky is trying to say to you, and she's said it correctly. The time for you is altered. You should perceive your time, your future, quite differently than you have before. I think it's compressed time. I don't know how long we have with this economy. I don't know how long we have with this sovereignty. I'm talking about our government. I think we're headed for a one world empire. I think the Bible talks about that. I think the historians have declared that that should be our final set of solutions. I'm not agreeing with that. I'm just saying that that's the way the deck of cards appears to be stacked. If matter is opened, what we know about matter and space will be drastically altered. Now, let me go back to the connection between this side of the speed of light and what is above the speed of light. Holy Spirit, give a revelation to those who need to hear this. May they hear more than my voice, but hear your voice in Jesus' name. I say that sincerely, and if you ask for that, you will be altered as I speak. Not from my words, but from a download from the Holy Spirit. Gerald Feinberg was asked to find the errors in the math 
that said that there's a subatomic particle moving faster than light, that when it's moved where all of its energy has been depleted, it'll appear at all points across his trajectory. I know you didn't grip that. You didn't understand that. Some of you might have. But there's something in matter that's so fast that it moves faster than the speed of light. And when it gives up its energy, it's at all points across its trajectory. They call that, Gerald Feinberg called that, the tachyon, T-A-C-H-Y-O-N. Tachyon has been used in science fiction. It was used with the Enterprise in Star Trek. They had tachyon shields that could come around and, and, and enclose them in a capsule of time and move at hyperdimensional speeds, faster than light. Now, that was science fiction. But when Gerald Feinberg started studying the concept and they published it, I heard the definition, a tachyon, a subatomic particle, moving faster than light, the point at which it gives up all its energy, appears at all points across its trajectory. I wept because I knew that my science now, real science that they found in his math, was telling me, that God is at all points across his trajectory. He's the one that gave all energy. He's the one that spoke all energy. When all energy is given up, science had taken me back to the definition of the omnipresence of God. And I wept. The challenge you have with the tachyon is that if you did a test to find it at 12 o'clock noon, and the sequence started at 12 o'clock noon, I told you, this is a piece of a machine. I intend to play this back. Now, that's not a blind intent. That's coming from a rational scientist that knows what patents are and engineering teams are. That the last project that I did have with that interactive piano was 123 or four employees that ended up with 636 patents. I'm not a wild-eyed guesser. I'm a wild-eyed inventor. I believe we will play that slab back. We're going to have to unlock some of this tachyon information to do that. A tachyon is a problem for the physicist because they have to call it hypothetical because they can't find it with their tools. That's their fault. They don't have computers that can count backwards because if they did the test to find the tachyon at 12 o'clock noon, you wouldn't find it at 12.01. If it's moving faster than light, it would be 11.59 something. Our computers don't count backwards. That's a problem. The other problem is even worse. We don't have effects before a cause. Two-thirds of your Bible came into this realm of this dimension before its cause. Oh, you're not listening. I'm doing so good and you're not getting it. <laughs> Prophecy, words of knowledge, creativity, all happen before the cause. Your future is finding you. It's revealing itself. What did Jesus say the future was going to be? He said the Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. So don't you dare sit there and shake your head and say, I don't know what to do. Get quiet. Worship. He'll show up. His presence will alter you. You'll get your upper bandwidth back.
And He'll show you things to come. And if He's showing you something from Thursday, somehow that information moving faster than light through the tachyon connector finds its way into your life, into your consciousness, into your being. You are to know your future. You don't need the government to spell it out for you. They can't do it. You don't need your own personal psychic to spell it out for you or your own personal prophet. Yes, there are prophets. Yes, there are times I am prophetic. I can call people out and tell them something specific. And I do it regularly with accuracy. I think things that are miraculous all can be proven. I don't think God's a guesser. He doesn't play dice, as Einstein said, but Einstein did have a couple of things wrong. God was ahead of him because he is the tachyon that is the future connector. Now, there's a machine that's been built. It's up on the Swiss border. It's on the French border. I'm telling you that you will not be shocked when you hear the day that they have announced that they have found a subatomic particle that's moving faster than light. And I'm telling you today, they may choose to use Gerald Feinberg's word for it, the tachyon, a subatomic particle that when light goes into that wall, the vortex of the particle that's moving faster than light is like a vacuum. The, the, the vortex, move my hand through the room 600 miles an hour, everything gets sucked into the vortex. Your whole body would get sucked into that vortex. All the stuff in the room, all the instruments, hair on your head, stuff in your lap, stuff in your pockets, would all get sucked into that vortex. There is a vortex in all matter connecting you to your past. It's the same window that connects you to all visions and all creativity and all spiritual induction. When you have a word of knowledge for somebody, you're acting in the tachyon vein. You have a prophetic vision you see something, you know something, you believe something, you cause something that's unseen. It becomes seen through the tachyon veil, through the tachyon connector. Don't look at me like that. I didn't invent it. I'm just describing it. Prophecy, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the book of Revelation. Somebody outside of time and space and matter as we know it saw something. What was that Patmos window that John saw through? He saw time, space, and matter differently than you think reality is. I got news for you. Reality isn't as real as you thought it was. I told you that you're blinking in and out of here 20,000 times a nanosecond. I have a book in my briefcase. I carry it with me because a doctor friend of mine, his son, his brother gave it to me. Dr. Nicholas Paracone, maybe you've heard of him. He's the anti-aging specialist on the Internet and in cosmology or cosmom <laughs> cosmetology. <laughs> I get cosmology and cosmetology mixed up. I love it. There's a funny little phrase. Our artist is here today, Kathy, who does all my artwork. She jokingly told me one day, she says, I give you all the cosmology of the artwork for free. But the cosmetology of putting your beard and fixing your hair, I'm going to charge you for that. <laughs> cosmology is free. Cosmetology costs something. Nicholas Paracone, he is a cosmologist. Cosmetologist. I'll get it right in a minute. 
His brother's from Florence, Italy. He's an uh, Anglican priest. He brought me the book about forces, the field forces. Highly recommend it to my brother. I'll make sure you get the details. There is energy beyond the energy that we have in this cosmos that all things blink in from. When your body blinks in, it's coming from a God particle that I believe is connected to the source of all sources. One loose word for it is zero-point energy. It's the stuff that Nikola Tesla had a grip on. He could modulate the hydrogen, the energy from which matter appears when it blinks from into this realm. This is one of many dimensions. In this three-dimension world, we have back and forth, up and down, and in and out. In a fourth dimension, we've loosely called time. Becky's telling you time is going to be altered in your life. I'm telling you that space and matter is going to be altered in your life. Altered in your life. When the tachyon becomes the vision that God has for your assignment and your purpose and your consciousness, where you really connect to the spiritual realm that is just above the speed of light. And you're already connected. That's where your hope comes from. That's how your sins could get forgiven from the past. I told you matters got memory. Everything you've ever said or done is a perfect record of that someplace. You can get to that someplace through the tachyon of God's blood, Jesus' blood. It can go back to your past and fix what you can't fix. It can give you your future as a vision that you can't see. But when you see what He sees, you cause it to be. Are you getting any of this at all? I'd like to say it's all in the products. No, it's in the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit confirming to you what I'm saying... You can miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I want you to leave here empowered today. That you can go to your home and where the curses that came through antiques that you inherited from Grandma can be cleansed and set free from that, that terrible curse that's in your stuff. Careful what you take home. Careful what you give. Never give a gift without blessing it. Never take a thing into your life without causing it to be changed. The authority of the blood. Now, according to that clock back there, I've got five minutes left at least. It's five minutes to one. Pastor told me if I keep him to four o'clock, that's just fine. I don't intend to keep you till four o'clock. I want you to get your wallet or your checkbook. I want you to hold it up. We're not going to take another offering. We're going to alter your money. You don't know where your money was last week. Oh, maybe you do. That $20 bill might have been sitting in there getting mothballs for a long, getting moths for a long time. I don't know where you've had your money. But I want to tell you your, your words and your intent create and cause your future. I want blessed money. I don't want cursed money. I don't know who used that money last week, and you don't either. But we're going to change it. Say with me, extend your other hand toward me. Something very special connects when your capacity is projected. Come on. You saw it happen with an instrument. I want it to happen spiritually right now. You project it right toward me. 
Say in Jesus' name, we're hooked up. Say it. We're hooked up by the Holy Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare that my money is pure. The blood of Jesus Christ applies to my money. All sin, all wrong intent, all wrong words, any contempt, any evil, any misdirected idea is cleansed in Jesus' name by the blood of His sacrifice. I just changed my money. Now, you really did. It's really different. Any curse that was on you or your stuff concerning your money is broken. I believe that. Your spirit is not tied to this second. Oh, you're tied to this second through God's eternal now. Oh, you didn't get it. That was something to get excited about, folks. You're connected to His eternal now. Your healing is yours. Your deliverance is yours. Now, when you get home and you touch that doorknob, or you get to your car and you touch that car doorknob, you can say, this is blessed in Jesus' name. The curse is broken in Jesus' name. And you can leave your tracks all over the city. Wherever you drive, wherever you observe, whatever you see. You saw a little accident out on the highway. Well, it wasn't a little accident this morning. It was pretty serious. Tore about 30 feet of guardrail up. That car was all tore up. We couldn't see if the people in it were hurt or what had happened. That part of it was over already. Wherever that is and wherever that was, we blessed that spot. We changed and altered that place. Say, why do those terrible things happen? I can't tell you why terrible things happen, but I can tell you there's an enemy to kill, steal, and destroy. You have a Savior that gave you His blood and His name. You are His bride. Get over the nonsense. You're not broke and you're not sick and you don't have to stay that way. Because you are the bride. You have His authority. You have His name. You have the capacity to see to say, and to cause. And say again, I am a quiff popper. I will be careful what I see. Because I'm going to get it. In Jesus' name. Pastor, would you come? I'm going to turn the service back to you. I thank you for your attention. I appreciate your connectedness. God bless you, Pastor.